Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, welcome to episode five of To The Point Cybersecurity. I'm your host, Erica, Erica Pierce, and I'm joined by my co-host, Eric Trexler. Hi, Eric. How are you doing today? Doing great, Erica. End of the government fiscal year. I'm loving it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. We are about hitting that date. So it, it's been a really busy week um, in cybersecurity, both at the White House, on the Hill. And so I'm excited that we have Greg Otto from uh, CyberScoop, who he's the managing editor there, joining us today. Hi, Greg. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so it's been quite a busy week for government cybersecurity, both uh, from the White House with the new cyber strategy coming out, the Department of Defense released a strategy as well, and then we've had a lot of activity on the uh, on the Hill. So we're excited to have Greg here to talk about this. So thanks, Greg, for joining us. Sure. Glad to be here. So let's get to it. Let's get to the point. So last week, the White House released their long-awaited national cybersecurity strategy. And this is essentially the guide on how the administration will handle um, offensive as well as defensive cybersecurity threats. We'll start with you, Greg. What are your thoughts on the strategy? I've read a few things. I've seen some feedback saying that there's not enough detail. What were your thoughts on it? So I wouldn't say that there wasn't enough detail. Uh, I just think that a lot of it is sort of a rehashing of mm -hmm. the things that we saw from previous administrations. A lot of it was based around, at least in the document, a lot of it was based around shoring up defenses, whether that is defenses inside government agencies or whether that is defenses when we're talking about how the government operates with critical infrastructure sectors, your, your power grid, your transportation companies, your manufacturing companies, things like that. Uh, the language around that seemed to be pretty similar to what we've seen in past administrations. But what I think was different about it was what was talked about on the call and what was talked about on the call and national security advisor john bolton really led the the media lift on this he talked a lot about cybersecurity from the offensive standpoint saying that the united states needs to be a lot more offensive when addressing its adversaries in cyberspace. I think that that's a marked change from what we've seen in past administrations. This administration has really been trying to move forward on ripping away some of the bureaucracy that was in place to launch offensive cyber attacks. Um, not that anything has been launched that has been public, but I would not be right. surprised if we start to see things that are a little bit more offensive in nature start to come out in the public when we're talking about the adversaries that we deal with in cyberspace. Yeah, I agree, Erica. If you read the DOD cyber strategy that came out immediately following, they talk about defending forward. Mm -hmm. A lot of the critique on the national cybersecurity strategy was they're really, it was looking a little more offensive, but there wasn't anything specific. The DOD cyber strategy talks about defending forward, which we can all interpret what that is, but that's, that's really getting a little more pushing back. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, the, the defending forward thing is a really interesting way of categorizing it. Um, I would think that, you know, it's reasonable 
to say that, you know, the next time that we see some actions from China or North Korea, we're not just going to see 12, 18 months down the road. We're not just going to see the DOJ just roll out some indictments where we're going to charge some operators with crimes that are never going to see the inside of the courtroom anyway. Like, I think you're actually going to start to see some actions being taken in the, you know, in the cyberspace realm that are, are going to go beyond what we've seen in past years. No, I agree. I mean, I feel like we're the big kid in the schoolyard that gets bullied for whatever, because we're just nice. And <laughs> we're, we're basically saying, don't do that again. We're, we're going to hit back. Well, and on that same note, so I, I know um, the other um, the other news that came out with the strategy um, was that Bolton did confirm that the Obama uh, directive, which restricted how the military could respond to cyber attacks, that that had been rescinded. So I think that certainly will come into play. What what, what do you both think about the impact of that on in terms of national cybersecurity? Well, I think PPD-20, and I, I believe that's the document that right. you're referring to, um, PPD-20, uh, being taken away again. That's what I was talking about when I was talking about the bureaucracy mm -hmm. that has now been removed. So um, there have been some people on Capitol Hill. I know Senator Mike Rounds, for instance, called PPD 20 ineffective and bureaucratic in nature. And that, you know, Cyber Command and NSA with the maturity that they're going through when it comes to offensive cyber operations, they're going to need the opportunity to respond offensively in a more expeditious manner. So um, I, I think that removing PPD-20 actually has bigger ramifications than anything that we've seen in the written cybersecurity strategy that was released last week. I agree. I agree. There's one line, and once again, I'll reference the DOD cyber strategy right in the introduction. The department must take action in cyberspace during day-to-day -day competition to preserve U.S. military advantages and to defend U.S. interests. I think it's, I think it's a clear statement. Yeah, it sounds like the tone is definitely changing. And I know, um, Greg, you were on the call with Bolton and um, the tone there, I'm, I'm sure, was 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 very strong in terms of how uh, the U.S. will be moving forward in terms of their response to these attacks or potential attacks. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, this has been, you know, the administration sort of M.O. when talking about things outside of just cyber attacks. They've used very, very strong language in the way that they approach their adversaries, and cybersecurity is going to be no different. They're going, at least in, in their words, and we'll see on their actions, they're going to try to hit back as hard as they can when they feel they have the ability to and they have the need to. So um, I, I don't think that that was possible with PBD-20 in place. With PBD-20 in place, there was just a lot that needed to go through bureaucratic hoops when it came to launching offensive measures. That's gone away. And so now it's up to the Trump administration and the leaders at hand to really sort of take action behind the words that they were speaking last week. And Eric, I just want to point out one thing. You said possible cyber attacks. I mean, let's Let's be real here. This mm -hmm. is to the point. We uh, we're under a constant low grade cyber attack or, or cyber warfare every day, all day. That's a good point. 
You're right there. Well, that has been, I mean, we've heard that message that this is, this is no longer something we're talking about. This is, this is a threat every day. So that's a a great point. Thank you for reminding me of that. (laughs) So let's switch gears a a little bit um, and move from the White House over to the Hill. Uh, There's been a lot of legislation that's been moving both through the House and the Senate around cybersecurity. Um, But one that's been uh, sort of in the news a a good bit um, this, this week, even though it's not necessarily a new piece of legislation is, uh, uh, is a bill that would consolidate the cyber functions at DHS under one agency and essentially give um, the uh, that agency the same stature as FEMA has, for example, at DHS. And there's some debate on whether DHS um, is really equipped to handle having a standalone cybersecurity agency and whether other, um, other departments such as NSA or FBI would be a better fit. Curious to get the thoughts from both of you on this and whether or not um, um, doing a, such a move would have a, a uh, impact on cybersecurity at the government level. Yeah. So uh, the way that this is shaping up, you know, you talk about some people that say that DHS isn't really ready to have its own standalone cybersecurity organization. Uh, I, I don't understand that line of thinking overall, because with this reorganization, I think it streamlines what DHS is already doing. I mean, look, NPPD does what it does when it works with cybersecurity, but there have been a lot of people that have either been a part of NPPD or have been watching, you know, what NPPD has been doing since it's been stood up and have said that, you know, it needs some reorganization there. There needs to be some streamlining of the way that they do things. And having this bill, um, you know, move forward and actually be codified, I think would go a long way to helping streamline their mission. Look, this stuff is complicated, so we don't need to overly complicate it with the the bureaucracy and the mechanisms of government. And with the way that the greater government works in terms of cybersecurity, um, you were talking about terms of like the NSA and the mm-hmm. FBI. Uh, the NSA and the FBI don't operate the same way in the cybersecurity realm that DHS does. DHS kind of does um, the incident response from a technical level, which I think is something that is very important from there needs to be a government apparatus that does that. The NSA isn't going to do that. The NSA at its heart is is an intelligence collection agency. They're not, there are going to be some times where crimes are committed that the NSA overall would go, hmm, maybe we want to sit on this because it is a way for them to gather intelligence for whatever missions they're carrying out. Same with the FBI. There might be a criminal investigation into something going on that while there are FBI law enforcement officials that do things from, you know, a a criminal investigation perspective and want to arrest people domestically that are committing crimes. um, The FBI is also uh, also collects intelligence as well. And they want to build case cases to not just knock down, you know, small level hackers, but Mm -hmm. and end botnets and end big cyber crime um, big cyber crime rings so they the NSA and the FBI have their missions I, I think DHS needs to be able to streamline their mission when it comes to cybersecurity so I think this bill is actually a good idea and will actually go a long way to doing that Eric what do you think I think a lot of it comes down to authorities right who has the responsibility and, and there will be better delineation here. I think a lot of it will come down to execution. 
Right. We're definitely sending a message. They're sending a message. If you look back at pre-2001, 9-11, there really wasn't anybody in charge of collection, intelligence collections and analysis, and then the responsibility to actually take action. Right. The formation of DHS went a long way. And we can argue right. that it wasn't perfect. We can argue that it isn't perfect. I think most people would agree that it's a hell of a lot better than it was pre-9-11, and I think DHS focusing, it gives you a one throat to choke almost for the government to say, you are responsible. You are in charge of this. When something happens, it allows organizations, whether it's critical infrastructure, U.S. companies, whether it's other parts of the government, the president, the Congress, to hold somebody accountable and to have somebody who is, in, who is accountable for protecting the homeland. Oh, and I, and I absolutely agree. And just... Going back to, you know, the authorities and the bureaucracy part of this, while that bill has been, you know, talked about in recent weeks, I believe it was pulled, the actual language of the bill was pulled out of the latest Homeland right. reauthorization bill. So it's going to be a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean maybe, uh, you know, a year, year and a half before we actually see the fruits of a real reorganization take place. Like, I think the way that it is set up now, we could argue for two or three podcast episodes <laughs> on the way that it's operating right now. But I think that that's going to be the status quo for some time. Like it just doesn't seem no matter how much Mike McCall champions it. I know he's been a big champion of the reauthorization or not the reauthorization, this actual reorganization bill. He's been a big champion of it, but I don't think that we're necessarily going to see it anytime soon. So I think Speaking to Eric's point about execution, I really think that there are things in place right now that could be better executed on. So I think with the status quo that we have now, that execution part is really going to be important with what we have going on right now. Yeah, we can't as a nation afford to wait. We need to clean up our execution. We need to do more now. Um, you know, should this go forward, it, it's a great strategic approach, which will help. It will not be a silver bullet. It's not a magic answer to anything, but it does put an, a part of an organization, an agency uh -huh. in charge of our, of protecting the homeland and that response, which I think is a great thing. Well, and I think, I think one thing everyone can agree on is that, um, there is obviously a need for this standalone approach and focus. And I guess it's just deciding where, <laughs> where exactly its home should be. So, well, we'll keep tracking the legislation and, and see what happens and, and to see, um, what moves forward. We will. Excellent. Well, thank you both. Thank you so much, Greg, for being on uh, our, our show this week. Um, we are to the point, so we're actually out of time. Um, but we, we really appreciate your insight. And um, where can folks follow you or, or how can they reach you? So you can always follow me and my team on cyberscoop.com. That's where the news is. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at cyberscoop underscore news. And we have a podcast ourselves. Uh, I tape a podcast. I have a weekly podcast every week with a local VC called Securiosity that we talk about public and private sector cybersecurity news. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Securi Securiosity Pod and download us. We're available on Apple. Sorry, <laughs> we are available on Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. So we're all over the place. Come check us out.
Excellent. Well, thanks, Greg. And uh, we will be with you next week. So thank you to all of our listeners and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. 